Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It is brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. We're going to go interactive here over the next 20 minutes. Coming up at 135, Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet. He's their draft guru for the upcoming NHL uh, entry draft. We are going to get to a clip or two from Brian Burke's appearance on yesterday's edition of Oilers Now, but not before I tell you about something that you can participate with here on Oilers Now and with 630 Chet. Here we go. Will Jack Hughes be the newest member of the New Jersey Devils? Will Capo Caco play in the Big Apple? Who will the Edmonton Oilers take at number eight? You tell us. 630 Ched is challenging you to actually predict the top eight draft picks this summer at the NHL draft as part of the 630 Ched NHL Mock Draft Challenge. It's presented by AMJ Campbell. Beginning today... Whoever can successfully pick the top eight picks of the draft in the correct order will have a chance to win $500 cash courtesy of AMJ Campbell. Enter your mock draft at 630ched.com. You could end up $500 richer. By the way, I will be putting out my top 10 for the mock on Monday. Okay? On Monday, I'll be putting out my top 10 for the upcoming NHL draft. Um... You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. One of the largest volume Ford dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. And we're going to open up the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. K-Jam on line number one. How are you, K-Jam? Doing well, Mr. Stopper. How about yourself? Good. Awesome. Hey, I haven't been able to listen to all the shows. I wondered, how closely are you watching the uh, the basketball finals? Uh, I'm watching basically from the middle of the second quarter on of each game. Still a good game that, that far in. That's still a good game. Yeah, yeah I, I wanted to say something here. And, uh, and this is this is just, you know, looking at, at the NBA finals here. And, and obviously, they're, they're both great teams. Even with the injuries, Golden State's still a great team. Yes. Um, but when you take a look at what Kawhi Leonard has done, for the uh, for the Toronto Raptors, in terms of being able to keep them even, being a leader and, and not letting his highs get too high, his yes. lows get too lows, and with the business type approach he takes, you know, I, I take a look at some at how lucky Edmonton is because I think that we have a couple players in our core that are like that with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. And I think that it would be and because there's just so many more players on the on on the ice in hockey and, and you know the the roster is bigger. I think that you need to have more than just one guy like that. So when the Oilers are talking about, you know, trying to figure out how to 
how to make things right and, and, and move pieces around. One thing that I would be very cautious about would be moving a player like Ryan Ninja Hopkins because I think that those are things that he has, that evenness, and a very even game, too. Uh, well, there's aspects of every player's game that they can improve. I mean, in Nugent Hopkins' case, he'd be the first to tell you he needs to be better in the face-off circle. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, for sure. And, and especially if he's going to kill penalties. Uh, does he drive a second line? No. Uh, but if he's with a guy with some speed, like, I mean, if he had Taylor Hall on his left wing, that would be a first line for two-thirds of the teams in the National Hockey League, right? Uh, which is, I think, the source of consternation for a lot of fans out there. Uh, I got a lot of time for Ryan personally and professionally. So, you know, he, he does uh, a lot of work with ATB Financial. He does some work with a couple charities that I've gotten involved with over the years very quietly behind the scenes, including cystic fibrosis. Uh, you know, he's the, the thing that strikes me about Leonard is you, you almost never see him get knocked off kilter. You never see him get too emotional. To, like he, It's like he's got ice water running through his veins, right? And I think that's part of what you're saying. I do think McDavid's got a bit of a lot. I do. But that, say, that said, that said, okay, I just want, you need more than one or two different personalities on You, you need, you know, you can have multiple different personalities and make it work. Like the, sure. the Oilers, great teams of the 1980s, you know, there was Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier. By the way, you know, it's funny how people talk about Leon Dreisaitl, and he doesn't always get the respect. Uh, I think that maybe he deserves the people like, oh, you know, his numbers are a byproduct of playing with McDavid. You know who else? And I'm going back here. But when Messier scored 50 goals in 82, uh, 80, 81-82, uh, that would be akin uh, today to scoring about probably, mm, say, 40 say 37 to 40 goals, right? There was there was some non-belief with Mark really until the 84 uh, Stanley Cup final when he was voted the MVP. And then from that point on, he was seen as a top-end guy. But, you know, Mark came in the league in 1979. People forget that. So I, I hear what you're saying about uh, Kawhi, and my response to that would be, look, we all know the Raptors wouldn't be there without him. I do think he provides a tremendous even-keeled balance. And if you're drawing a correlation to the Oilers, um, there's some uh, personal deportment sort of characteristics that are similar to McDavid and and, uh, and Nugent Hopkins, so I'd agree on that yeah. front. Yeah, and because with with Leonard, I would just say you take a look at Kyle Lowry and you can see the effect there. Yeah. Now, on the Oilers, I, I always thought that, uh, like, even if we're talking about before uh, Connor McDavid, I always thought that Ryan Nugent Hopkins helped provide a little bit of that to hundred percent to Taylor and to to Jordan. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, KJ. I've got a bunch of calls yep, here. Taking the call. Yeah, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three, and we're going to head off to Jim from Red Deer on line number seven, and he's not a fan of the Boston Bruins. And Jim, for the record, I'm not the biggest Boston Bruins fan either. But you want to go at it on the non-call? Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, all we're supposed to care, or we're supposed to make a big deal. I mean, this happened in Las Vegas, and I didn't see the Boston Orange jumping up and down, saying, you know, this is wrong. It's now because it happens to Boston. Uh, we're supposed to well, I said it was wrong what happened to Vegas, and then I had the, yeah. the San Jose Sharks fan all over me for the next, uh, you know, two plus weeks as the Sharks were, you know, playing in the playoffs. So, I mean, I, the Vegas one for me, and there's one where they did manage the game. Like if that was a one goal game, there's no way they give a major penalty in that right. in that situation. But because they're up by three, 
they did give the major penalty, and they completely changed the outcome. Of, uh, and people say, well, you know, uh, you know, there's no way the uh, Vegas Golden Knights should have given up four power play. Well, okay, there's a degree of truth to that. But as somebody who's actually been in San Jose's building a lot, there is no building in the NHL that a team feeds off the frenzy of what ha- and we've experienced it in Edmonton because the Oilers got killed their game four of a playoff series seven nothing once, right? And yeah, but look at two years ago, Bob. I mean, all the holding and clutching that was going on, and nothing. What, nothing I mean, oh, you're referring against McDavid with Anaheim? Yes. Three one goal game losses, right? Yeah. It was that's something they lost in seven. They cut. Yep. It, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it took me a month to get over losing that series as as a guy broadcasting the team's games because I felt for the players and I felt for the fans that much. They deserved but, better, and they just Bob, yep. Nothing, nothing was done. This has been happening on for that's my point. This has been happening for a long, very long time. Yeah. And all of a sudden, because now we have an owner that's got a lot of say. In well, he's the, got a lot of, and that might be the one reason why there is something that gets done to it. Well. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I don't feel sorry for Boston. I mean, really, this has been happening for a long time, like I said. They know about it. And I'm sure they, they dismiss the referees and they bring on another set. And they do the same thing. They just dis- dismiss the referees. They got call pe- they got to call penalties and not manage games. That's the bottom line. Jim. Well, yeah, they, they do. Thanks, Bob. Have a good week. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Let's go to Chris out of Phoenix on line three. Chris, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, I don't trade Nuge. I don't even think about trading Nuge. The only way that Nuge leaves Edmonton is out of his own free will. Um, I, when when we had Hall, Nuge, and, and Eberle, I numerous times called in yes, to uh, Reed yeah. Show and, yes, and stated that out of the uh, out of the three players, that Nuge was going to be the last one to stay. And I don't trade Nuge. I think Nuge's 200 foot game is is amazing. He's he's Probably one of our better all-around players, uh, not offensive, but all-around, and he, we put we use him in so many different situations. Uh, so you don't you don't trade him unless unless he does not want to uh, re-sign here after his contract is up, then then you explore it then. But um, no, I don't trade him for for the time being. Um, as far as uh, as did I did I hear uh, Elliot say that he thinks that Zaitsev in a sixteen points and four point something million dollar contract is tradable? Yes, he did say that because he's a right shot. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, and that was my I, I like my, we were having some fun back and forth in a text. And I just said, well, "What does Zaitsev do well? Like, what's his dimension? Like, we hear all the time here in Edmonton, like Shirelli, why did he give a four-year deal to Chris Russell, who's a heart and soul guy? But it was a four-year deal at four million, right? And it was coming off a time in which we knew that Sekera was going to be out for half a season." Uh, at least, and uh, you know, coming off the torn ACL and the you know playoff series against Anaheim, Zaitsev got a seven-year deal, and he he did put up numbers in the year that he got the deal, but subsequent to that, he hasn't put up. He's not a power play guy, he's not a, a shutdown guy. He is a right shot. We'll see. We'll see whether or not the Leafs can move him. I think. Yeah, I think for- go go ahead. Yep. Oh, sorry. As far as uh, his comment on on, uh, on Neil um, coming to the Oilers, I if, if if that's the best deal that we can do, I, I don't mind that um, because I think that Neil probably still has um, you know stuff left in the tank, and he is a goal scorer, and he's always been a goal scorer, and I I can see him actually you know getting back to possibly twenty goals, where I just don't know what Luch has left. I, I just. I just, I just don't know if he can get back to to what he was a couple of years ago. So if if that's the best deal that we have, I have no problem doing well, that. 
But, uh, I believe Calgary was a little bit – sorry, uh, Chris, we're losing you there. Uh, I believe Calgary has been at times a little bit intimidated by Milan, though they were less intimidated, in my opinion, by the Oilers after Maroon was traded. Uh, we're going to go to Doug on line number one. Doug, you're on Oilers now. How are you? Good, Bob. Listen, I'll try to be quick. Uh, you and I have talked in the past about Puglia RV. Um, coming from Finland, how he grew up, uh, yeah. how he lived, uh, all yeah. that kind of fun thing. At any rate, I, I, I personally want to see this guy succeed here. I really do. Yeah. Uh, he's got lots of tools, size, a little bit of speed. He doesn't use his body to his full extent, however. But um, listening to you, listen to guys on the other cha- channel, yeah. other station, uh, a bit of a, I won't say a theory, but after all the coaches and management that he's been through at a young age, so there's some discussion about possibly some discontent within the dressing room with Pugliarvi. Now, I don't know if they're talking about the dressing room itself or Pugliarvi yourself. All I'll say is... I don't know if you care to comment or not. What I will say is watch him. You know, people say, why isn't he on that first unit power to play? You know, he's a right shot. He should be... you got uh, McDavid setting up on the right side half boards as a left shot, and Pugliarvi should be set up opposite. Part of the problem is on zone entries, Pugliarvi's often in the wrong spots. Bob, he's all over the place. There you he's go. running into McDavid for crying out loud. Right, and... The IQ is just not there. Okay, okay. so you're saying you don't even need... Like, here, here's the challenge. I don't know... 100% what Marcus Leto and Yessa Pugliarvi are thinking. Okay? But if they think that it's best for a fresh start, then that might reveal a bit to us. And you just get the sense, comments that Leto made to Mark Spector on Twitter, uh, Bob McKenzie comments that he's made on the various TSN outlets, uh, not just in Edmonton, but in other markets. You just get the sense that where there's smoke, there's fire there. And if if you watch, like I had people say, well, they should take, you know, Connor McDavid should take yes to Paul Yarby under his wing. 75% of this is on Paul Yarby. And I've Absolutely. been And I've been really patient, and I read the numbers yesterday. He had nine goals in his first 21 games after his recall in 17-18. Uh, you know, he's played 90 games since then as an Oiler, and I don't even, I'd have to check the, he's either got nine or 11 goals in the last 90 games. Like, he had a little bit of traction, um, and he's lost it with the group. And he, if he, it is a new GM, it is a new head coach. Maybe the valuation of the player isn't out there. I don't know. But you know what we're going to do for you right now, Doug? Yep. Brendan, can you, uh, thanks for the call, Doug, okay? We're going to queue up uh, Brian Burke. Yesterday on Oilers Now, as we go back into our Oilers Now audio vault, which is brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. And here is Brian Burke uh, pertaining to uh, what's next for Yessa Pugliarvi. I'm pretty sure Kenny Holland, and he hasn't told me this, I haven't spoken to him about any trades there, any people, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't ruled out moving Pugliarvi for the right asset, the age group asset. Um, I think the Edmonton organization, despite what you and I have talked about on the air, had reached a frustration level last year by the end of the year that they were willing to listen to age group assets for him. So a like my um, a like my struggling prospect in another organization is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Another high pick, or maybe a, maybe a high pick in this draft, uh, a guy a high pick that hasn't worked out yet in another organization, whatever. But uh, if he's here, it makes sense to give anyone on your team a second chance. Like, I believe in second chances. I believe in him as a GM. I believe in him as a better coach. 
Uh, I'm a sucker for that, for a player that makes a mistake and deserves a second chance. All right, that's uh, Brian Burke. He also referenced Glenn Sather being the king of that. Uh, you know, Craig Muni got a second chance. Craig McTavish, uh, who's headed off to Russia now to coach in the KHL. Uh, Glenn was the ultimate guy at getting those reclamation projects. Rick wants to jump in the fray here in line number two. Rick, how are you? Well, I'm doing good. Stu says to stay high. Um, I'll move on. I'm sitting here thinking, as someone said the other day, Taylor Hall might want to re-sign with the Oilers again. And I don't see too many players wanting to come back to the Edmonton Oilers, in my book anyway. We'll call it a nightmare. But here, here's what I see. I don't, wait, wait, everyone wait, 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 wait a sec here. I can name two yeah. pretty high-profile. No, that, that's fine, but let me finish. Ryan, so, Ryan Smith and Mike Comrie both came back to Edmonton. Just two guys well, that had way worse exits than Taylor Hall. But go ahead, get your point across. Go for it. Okay, so so it, it, the scouting and all of the players that they brought in, and the trades that they've made over the years, uh, Dubnik, um, you know, the, the names go on and on. Taylor Hall is one. Mm-hmm. Look at Maroon today. I mean, all of these players have great talent. The Edmonton Oilers management team. I'm not blaming coaching now, um, but they haven't been able to, to use glue to put that team together either through leadership and or management. So in, in my book, it's not a talent. This is not a talent issue. This is not a scouting issue. Mm-hmm. This is more of a um, not being able to use your assets properly. So so when we talk about players wanting to come back, everybody who's left here has gone on so far, has gone on and had a great career. I mean, I look at Maroon right now, and I think this guy's doing fabulous. He, this guy's doing it, great. It, Rick, you, you sound like you're knowledgeable enough uh, to know that Patrick Maroon was a healthy scratch by the St. Louis Blues and was a potential trade uh, option for teams around the league in December. And I'm happy Patrick has had it, right, that he's had a good go here in the playoffs. Uh, he, You know, he took a one-year deal in St. Louis. That's that's what was out there for him. Uh, Taylor Hall, uh, you know, the first year didn't go great in New Jersey. He killed it the second year, realized the potential that many saw him have. Jordan Everly had a really good first year, or sorry, an, an average, no, a really good, a, a pretty good first year with the Islanders. Not as good a year this year uh, in the regular season. Great first round, right? I'm one of those okay, guys, you- Rick, just, you know, I'm happy when players excel. And the other thing I'd say, just about management, Who's the GM of the team right now? Well, we'll see where it goes, right? I mean, it's Ken, and I'm all for it. It's Ken, yeah, it's Ken Holland. So in fairness, your point was the managers haven't been good enough while well, they changed the manager. No, but how many coaches have they gone through? How many? But my point was is how, how much talent they've had that have gone on oh. and had great careers. Uh, that's my point. And, and, and you just finished saying about uh, slaps. Um, you know, he, uh, he's one to give people that second chance. So all those players that you talk about have obviously got skill and ability. And you know what? Depending on the scenarios, they will do well, and they've done well. Yeah. You talk about Everly, so you talk you, about Taylor are, Hall. Do you think they should keep? So do you think they should keep Yasa Poliarvi? Give him a second chance. I'm not all that high on him, to be honest. All right. Hey, i got to run, Rick. Thanks for the call. Uh, 1227, we're late into the break here. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Kerry McCarthy. We're going to bring Sam Constantino in from Sportsnet momentarily. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.